from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot-button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome back to the Courtside with Kurt podcast after a long, unintended hiatus. Thanks for being here, Kurt. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Yes, uh, no specific reason why we haven't been doing any Courtside with Kurt. Just two guys with busy schedules. Indeed. And uh, not enough time to get into the podcast studio, but here we are now, and uh, we have a pretty big case here we do. to talk about. So uh, last Wednesday, mm-hmm. you were in court uh, for a sentencing of two New Bedford men. The Thursday was the sentencing. Thursday, sending, sorry. Wednesday was uh, the verdict. Right. Uh, so the verdict came in. Um, everyone was surprised at the quickness of the verdict. The jury got the case on uh, Wednesday at 1 o'clock. The um, reporters hung around the courthouse, uh, but for a trial that lasted close to four weeks, nobody in their right mind thought the jury would come back that day. Well, little did we know. Uh, Less than three hours later, the jury came back and found uh, both Aaron Bookman and Angel Acevedo guilty of first-degree murder. Those are two New Bedford men. Uh, Angel Acevedo is 26. Aaron Bookman is 25. Mm-hmm. And so the next day they had their sentencing. That is correct. Yes. Uh, well, there is no room for negotiation with the first-degree murder conviction. Uh, Massachusetts doesn't have the death penalty, but in its alternative, they have life in prison. And here is the key, with no chance for parole. And that's a legitimate no chance for parole. They have an appeal. There is an automatic appeal to the state Supreme Judicial Court. Um, If that is upheld, the the sentence right now is life in prison uh, with no chance of parole. Second-degree murder has parole, parole eligibility. It is also a life sentence, but it carries a, a parole parole eligibility for either 15, 20, or 25 years after either 15, 20, or 25 years is served. So if they are unsuccessful with their appeals, uh, these two 25 and 26-year-old men will spend the rest of their life behind bars. That is correct. And this is for the murder of Aaron Gant Jr., That is correct. who was a 24-year-old New Bedford man and actually grew up near one of the uh, near both shooters, of them. Near both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of them, their fathers were friends. And, yes. Yeah. So, so let's back up here. We'll go back to mm-hmm. the beginning. So this, uh, well, it started even earlier, but let's start on New Year's Eve mm. 2015. Aaron Gant Jr. is the passenger. In rear a, passenger. Rear passenger in a Mercedes Benz. correct. Um, and a Ford Fusion behind them opens fire, mm-hmm. fires six shots mm-hmm. into the back of uh, the car that Gant is driving in. Uh, he is mortally wounded, mm-hmm. and uh, the driver is also injured, but, n- but not fatally. That's correct. The driver was uh, wounded in the arm. The evidence was that the, it appeared that the driver was the target. Uh, um, the victim, the, um, Aaron Gant, was shot in the back of the head. Um, he was the unintended victim. Uh, sadly, um, 
he was friends with the people in that Mercedes, but was not a member of a gang. So the police didn't have a whole lot to work off in the beginning. So they had they, very little. there was a lot of police work that went into this one. So they had, let's just go through here. So they had, uh, they had no eyewitnesses, uncooperative witnesses, no murder weapon, no cell phones. Mm-hmm. So, so where do they, how do they track these guys down? Well, uh, they were fortunate. They got some surveillance of the two of them at a liquor store. So in, in a time that was in close proximity to the murder. Uh, so they traced their route uh, using video surveillance. It's just a miraculous job by the state police detectives assigned to the district attorney's office, uh, namely Brock Morissette and some superb uh, legwork by New Bedford Police Department detectives. They went the entire route, uh, and they found surveillance showing this Ford Fusion Fusion that had been uh, rented in uh, Maine. Uh, they had it traveling from the north end of the city to the south end, and they traced its route its route by uh, video surveillance pulling uh, more surve- than fifty, I believe, more right? than fifty. Wow. Yes, and in some. Okay, and and they were pretty sure of the route that they were taking. It was a circuitous route up and down different side streets. They were looking for people. They mm-hmm. were look, they were looking for uh, for for people. Um, in some cases, they could not. There was no video to show that they went the route that the police thought they did. So what they did was that they pulled surveillance from. Um, other locations to show that they did not go uh, an, another route. In other words, they were confident, let's say, that they went right. And so there was no video surveillance of a right turn, so they pulled uh, surveillance to show that they did not uh, make a left turn or they did not go straight ahead. It's, it's a tremendous piece of legwork involving video surveillance. Yeah, I think one of them called it, uh, what do you call it? It was electronic fingerprints. Yes. Yeah, digital. So they, yes. Yeah, yes. digital finger. Yeah, so they, they didn't actually leave. They didn't have the gun. You know, they didn't really have any eyewitnesses who said, you know, here's the license plate. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of, uh, it was a mixture of 21st century surveillance and then some gumshoe going around to all these different businesses and, right. you know, probably private individuals who mm-hmm. have different surveillance videos and, and just kind of recreating you still have to do the work. Yeah, exactly. And and the other piece of evidence that they had was that uh, that there was a match between uh, bullets uh, that went into um, the Mercedes and uh, the uh, bullets that uh, took the life of uh, Aaron Gand. So now, what did what was the motive that was proffered? The the, the motive that was presented was retaliation. This. Uh, uh, Bill McCauley, the uh, co-counsel on this, one of the the chief prosecutor in the case, uh, he went at this heavily. That and and just by way of reference, Bill McCauley is the prosecutor, one of the prosecutors who convicted Aaron Hernandez um, in the uh, North Attleboro murder. So. Um, <clears throat> 
So, so, so he, he's uh, prosecuted cases that involve shootings without a lot of evidence in a car. That's absolutely yeah. right. So, um, so, uh, so he believed it was. So it was, this was kind of a gang issue between the West End and, and the, the South, South End. End. That is correct. There was evidence that um, uh, Angel Acevedo was shot twice. The uh, second time previously. Was, this previously. Is, this is before this incident. That's right. Previously in life, and the, this was in retaliation uh, for those shootings. Uh, the second time, he was shot in the face. Uh, he spent some time at Rhode Island Hospital, and his girlfriend was with him. Uh, his girlfriend is also charged with uh, withholding evidence from prosecutors. Uh, she was charged, I'm mean, sorry, she was shot in the lake. Uh, Aaron uh, Bookman, uh, his um, girlfriend's house was shot up twice. So that was their retaliation. Um and now Acevedo, uh, you know, they kind of live by this code of the streets, right? That's correct. They don't uh, cooperate with police officers. They kind of, you know, we deal with this in-house. We kind of. ourselves. So, so he had actually told somebody at the hospital that That's he knew correct. who had shot him. That's right. But he was not willing to tell police officers that. Absolutely that. correct. Yeah, that came out in testimony that uh, he told a hospital staff member that he knew who did it but that he was not going to tell anyone. He was going to take care of it himself. Yeah, so that's a, it's a mentality that probably has to change. But You're uh, absolutely it's, it's right. uh, probably and, and, no, uh, no easy way to do that. And um, this, uh, the vehicle that was used in, in this uh, slaying was rented up in Maine to try to uh, deflect a uh, connection between um, the the murder vehicle and Angel Acevedo. It was rented by a third party up in uh, from a car dealership up in Saco, Maine. Um, and now Acevedo had actually spent some. Was it Acevedo had spent some prison yes, time up in Maine? So there's a connection for, up there too. Yeah, yeah, for drug trafficking. One of the other things that came out in testimony. Um, and it just reflects the hard, hard work of investigators, is that this vehicle had um, a stain on the roof, mm. uh, on the Ford Fusion. So the state police helicopter went out uh, for several passes through New Bedford trying to find another Ford Fusion that had a stain on its roof. It's almost like a tattoo, right? That's it's correct. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a tattoo on the car. Oh. But... It didn't. Uh, they did not find it because the vehicle had been returned to returned Maine. Returned to Maine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these guys. I mean, you have to say there's. A, there was some thought that went into this. This wasn't a momentary, I see him, I'm angry at him. That's correct. You know, yeah. they plan this out. They think of themselves as um, as cousins, Bookman and Acevedo. They grew up in the Potter Street neighborhood. Um, there was uh, evidence. In the that, same area that Gant grew up, mm-hmm. the, the victim. Yeah. There was uh, evidence that... Um, that uh, uh, Bookman has a, a P on the side of his face, uh, the sign of his loyalty to uh, part of street neighborhood. Uh, and now we should say that this was gang-related, but Aaron Gant Jr. was not known as a gang member. That's correct. So he, like you had mentioned earlier, he was uh, just kind of an inadvertent, wrong place, wrong time. A family uh, member yeah. said he was collateral damage. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. And uh, you know, seemed seemed like he was he was a, meant a lot to a lot of people, too. You, were you there for the victim impact statements? I was. Yes. Yeah. What, what was that like to? That was that was very very sad. Um, uh, I mean, there's 
on the one hand, the family has some degree of closure because there can be no more final determination than first-degree murder, and there can be no more definitive punishment than life imprisonment in prison with no chance of parole. But uh, nothing that's happened is going to bring their loved one back. Uh, that's, that's the sad part of, of this whole thing. And these guys were not first-time criminals either. No. They had they had records dating back to their early high school years. That's right. Uh, back both dating back to age fourteen. Uh, Azevedo um, was convicted of uh, leading an attack on uh, students uh, from the South End. Uh, this attack occurred at New Bedford High School. Uh, he was declared a delinquent. And he was just a freshman. He was just a freshman. Yeah. Man, yeah, a lot of, a lot of sadness all around in this story. Uh, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, and and uh, th- three lives are lost here. The two defendants are going to prison for the rest of their lives, and uh, um, and they should go for what they did. Uh, but they're only 25, 26 years old. Uh, Aaron Gant was only t- uh, 24. And now, now I, I believe I'm guessing prosecutors. Uh, we're we're happy with uh, you know extremely yeah and, and uh, it seemed Denver, like so, you know, uh, Mayor Mitchell uh, yeah put out a statement that uh, he was in support of the the verdict and and the uh, sentencing I believe Cordero uh, Chief Cordero said the same thing yes uh, but but again the the thing that impresses you is that um, prosecutors got a, a first degree v- uh, murder verdict. In less than three hours, with no eyewitness, no gun, uncooperative witnesses, and no cell phones. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it just kind of shows what that electronic surveillance can do these days. I, it's, 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 we did a whole podcast earlier about you know, <laughs> surveillance and you know, just know that almost everywhere you go, if you're outdoors, mm. there's a video camera trained on you somewhere. I know. It's uh, one of my... Great friends, one of the attorneys I respect the most, uh, retired now, Kenny Sullivan, when video surveillance was just making its way into the courts. This was somewhere in the 1990s. I'm dating myself. He says, he told me, he said, it's like watching the six o'clock news. Yeah, you just turn it on and you watch the crime happen or, or yeah. watch the victim flee, I mean, or the suspect flee. And yeah. And uh, so now, all that's left now is uh, possible appeals to be filed, right? That's Other correct. than that, this. Uh, yeah, and that's not going to happen right away. Uh, now, uh, now, did they have, was it a public defender for them, or did they have. A, no, they had private counsel. They had private counsel. Yeah. Right. And uh, I mean, do you, was there any mention uh, by the, that counsel of, of an appeal in the. No, but no. It, it's automatic to the SJ. All first degree oh, murder okay. convictions automatically go to the state Supreme Judicial Court. All right. All right. Any other thoughts on this case, Kurt? Or? No, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, again, as the overriding emotion and feeling is is one of sadness. Uh, I mean, you've covered lots of these over the years. I mean, where, where did this one? I mean, what was was there anything unique about this? Was there video this one you'll remember? Yeah, video surveillance and uh, forensic evidence, the, the matching of the. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting in the sense that it's new technology, but it goes back to gumshoe. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's like it's that strange combination yeah. of uh, what detectives have been doing since the beginning of de- the detective idea was invented. Uh, I know, yeah. and and that state police 
uh, unit, the detective, state police uh, assigned to the DA's office and the New Bedford detectives, they just really click. This is not the first time that uh, that we have seen some excellent police work come out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down and discussing this case with me, Kurt. Hopefully we gave our uh, readers and listeners a, a little better grasp of what this entire three-plus-year, uh, well, I guess two-plus-year ordeal uh, has entailed. Yes. Long overdue, but hopefully we'll get back in the saddle again. Yes. Hopefully we're bringing you more Courtside with Kurt with uh, right. better frequency. Thank you very much. And as always, to our listeners, you can listen to this podcast. Uh, you probably know this already if you listen to it, but you can listen to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all everywhere you get your podcasts. And you can read Kurt's stories in the Standard Times and on SouthCoastToday.com.